Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Okay, I want to talk percentages. Okay. Okay. To your mind. What percentage of people who discover this podcast, discover it, and then just go to their favorite books and do it that way, versus people who, like, systematically start at episode number one and work their way through until they get to the present day? Um, I would say 55% of people cherry pick episodes and 45% of people do it uh, episode by episode. Okay. Which of those uh, two groups do we like more? Oh. Yeah. Pick sides, Kate. Completely obliterate half of our readership listenership right now. I mean, it'd be over half because I actually like the people who do it episode by episode because those are like true fans you because know? And, yeah and people who are open to hearing about new books not mm-hmm. just ones that they're familiar with very true and besides you can't see our growth uh and our redemption arcs unless you do it from like start to finish because otherwise you're gonna like cut to the end and we're all already these great people and you're gonna skip the whole like early sure, ones sure. when we, we, we got flaws i mean we're relatable but difficult however one listener named Rachel did point out that she started out listening in order but then COVID hit and her commute stopped and so that ended her podcast time and so now she's behind and so she's cherry picking well there you go and see you do you so we can just blame the pandemic yeah the pandemic (laughs) ruins everything yep and that's the moral of our podcast (laughs) what podcast is this by the way this is fuse eight and kate and what do we do on this year podcast we review children's picture books and why what do we say about them whether they're good or not precisely and then we find weird things to make tattoos of and uh and then like sometimes there's a naked person that no one finds out can i tell you okay both of those things came up today but the first one someone actually went on twitter and was like i want to get a children's literature tattoo what should i get and my mind went blank because it was just too big a question i was like i've seen too many possibilities i can't even there's a lot of options there's too many options oh who are you i'm kate oh i'm betsy okay great so um i need you to correct me on 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 a memory of mine we were just talking percentages you're good at math right uh, you do it in your job, right? Yeah, but I have a calculator. Right, but I remember when we were kids, like, you actually got, like, someone to help you learn math, whereas I just didn't and therefore failed in all my math-related uh, endeavors. <laughs> and I feel like you had a better grasp on math uh, in the end. Well, today we have our very first potentially classic-y, classic math picture book. I thought you were going to do a baseball one. Uh, yeah, I lied. There's Aww. math in baseball, but it wasn't enough. No, I will do baseball. Baseball's got all summer to do. There's no, there's no time limit. No, I want, I want to do math. I want to do math. Okay. And, uh, and I know, uh, some people are going to think that I'm, I'm calling out one book, but I'm actually calling out another so i'm gonna pull it out and 
one grain of rice. Bye. Demi? Demi! I know all you guys out there are like, oh, I thought it was going to be empty pot. Not even. I like this one better. So, uh, yes, Demi, I think there's a little bit of gold on the cover. Look shiny, Kate. Look shiny. Shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You like the shiny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want, you want to read the shiny? Mm-mm. No? No. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Take, take that book, Kate. <laughs> right. Take the shiny book. Wild. Kate does her read. Uh, let's do some information about Demi. How much do you actually know? About Demi, if you're like me, uh, then you're a children's librarian. And if you're a children's librarian, then you've been shelving Demi for years and you know Zippo about her. Okay, well, let's just start with a fun kidlit trivia question. What is Demi's real name? Hmm? Well, as it turns out, she was born Charlotte Dumaresque Hunt. And during her career, she has published over three hundred titles and that leads me to random demi facts that's right demi earned her nickname as a young child when her father started calling her demi because she was half the size of her sister in 1992 demi and her husband who is chinese represented the united states at the first children's international book conference in beijing china they currently live outside of seattle washington and finally, your third and final Demi fact. Did you know that Demi comes from a famous family? It is actually, uh, well, she's the great-granddaughter of the American painter William Morris Hunt. Now, William Morris Hunt, we all remember, was a leading painter of the mid-19th century in Boston. The William Morris Hunt Library of the Boston Museum of Fine Arts is named in his honor. She is also the great-grandniece of architect Richard Morris Hunt, who designed the facade and the Great Hall of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Carnegie Hall, and the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. And that would be really hard to live up to. You go, Debbie. Hello. Hi. You're back. I am. You are. I did a lot of calculations. Okay. And how did those turn out? Um, I made a lot of mistakes. Okay. <laughs> did you make a lot of rice? Uh. No. Okay. Because <laughs> I Interesting. I misinterpreted what she's trying to do. So let's. Ah, okay. Let's, back up. Right. So is the author illustrator Indian? Meaning, is she from India? Nope. White lady. White as the white ladies come. Specializes in pretty much every other nation in the world. Uh, married a guy from China. Uh, does, has done tons of things. So no. Not even slightly. Well, that's disappointing. Yes, 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 it is. Because with a name like Demi, you don't necessarily know right, that's what you're I dealing asked. with. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah, no. When did this book come out? This book comes out in, what, 97, I think? And, uh, yeah. Nope. However, 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 I will uh, supplement that information with the fact that uh, Rajni Laraka, uh, here in America, uh, has been doing her own math involved picture books uh with a tie to india and she did seven golden rings which came out last year and that won the mathical award uh for best math picture book so there's an award for best math picture book you want to hear the weird part about that that is it the is weird a, part no no it gets weirder <laughs> now it's a math award not just for picture books it's math teen novel like you know there's teen math books uh older kids math books um very young picture books that are math related guess who chaired that committee uh last year i i don't know oh this guy 
This guy did. Oh. I've been on that committee for five years. You? Yeah, because I'm so mathy. Yeah. I'm so good at it. Wow. Yeah, well, they need a librarian, so <laughs> there you go. That's what they got. <laughs> and one grain of rice, I should say, is in the Mathical Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. So mathematicians approve of it. So we meet... Uh, in India, a Raja mm -hmm. who believed he was fair and wise. Don't we all? And he wasn't. So well, he, you know, he That's neither here nor there. He has he he has a province of people mm -hmm. which I'm gonna ask you later how many people you think are in a province. However, oh God. Um, so in this province, it's full of rice farmers, and mm. he's asked these farmers uh, to pretty much give him all of their rice yeah. um, so that he can store it in the royal storehouses in case there's a famine. Right. It seemed like a good plan at the time. I mean, it's not a bad idea. No, no. Storing rice is a great idea. Maybe Starving not taking... the people before the famine comes yeah. seems... Not the great. Cart before the horse. I'm yeah, just saying. yeah. And it says for many years the the rice grew well and everything was fine. Um, and then one year the rice grew badly and there was famine and hunger, and the people didn't have any rice to give to the raja because they didn't have anything to eat. Oh, he wasn't storing it for them. He was storing it no, for himself. He was he was storing it for he was. For the people, he said. He, oh, okay. He, he said, so he I gave will, them the rice when they got yeah, hungry. He said, I will store the rice safely okay. so that in the time of famine, everyone will have rice to eat and no one will go hungry. All right. It seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think. Yeah. Until uh, the famine hits and uh, he's like, oh, just kidding. But, Whoa! <laughs> but here's what I don't get. They're, Switch. They're starving, right? They. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't eat. Yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. there's... An illustration of all these people around like a fire, and it says time went on, and the people grew more and more hungry, but the Raja wouldn't give them any rice. I'm looking at this picture. There's a bunny that they could eat. <laughs> There's a couple deer right here. I mean, why can't they eat these animals? Maybe that that's are... just a decorative bunny and a decorative deer. Decorative? I don't know. They're right there. They're yeah, mocking they do look... them. The animals well, are maybe they're hallucinating them. Maybe they're like so hungry that they're seeing bunnies and deer and deer and bunnies. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I'm feeling a little peckish, I, I'll look at a bird in the sky and be like, I could eat that. Seriously, I could eat that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, the Raja, he's decided to order a feast for himself, even though there's a famine going on. He's really got his finger on the pulse of the people. He does. Yeah. He does. He He's really, really connects uh, with the people yeah. in his province. He feels their, not their pain, not their hunger. What is it? Uh, he just feels them. Ah. Yeah. So the servant goes and gets an elephant to carry some rice from the storehouse. Because he has that much. He needs an elephant to carry it. To carry two full baskets of rice hmm. and there's this little girl well not little i don't know maybe like teenager mm -hmm. um they it says a village girl named rani r-a-n-i ronnie i'd say ronnie okay yeah she notices that there's a little bit of rice trickling out of the baskets that are being carried by the elephant and so she's catching them in her skirt which Smart i'm like move way to go honey yeah that's that's thinking that is and then one of the security guards is like whoa 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 <laughs> you call it a security guard but all, all right. oh sorry a palace guard i don't know i like security guard we're sleeping with that <laughs> he's like what are you doing what do you got going on there yeah that's that's thievery mm -hmm. and she's like it's not 
thievery. I was going to give it back to the Raja, you know, and, uh, you know, it's his rice. I'm going to give it back to him. And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So Story she, checks out. You know, so, <laughs> so she goes to the Raja. She's like, here's the rice. And the Raja's like, oh, well, I'll reward you with anything and you shall have it. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I don't. She's very smart. She's like, I don't deserve anything, but if you'd like to give me a reward, just one grain of rice. That's it. Just one grain. Just a grain. And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> What? People are gonna be calling me a cheapskate now. He's like, yeah. no, you you need to have like a better reward than that. And she's like, okay, well, in that case, I mean, this was your idea, right? Right. So if you insist, <laughs> yeah, um, if you can give me like one rice today, and then each day you double it from what you previously gave me. Mm. So tomorrow you give, give me two. two, and the next Maybe day it'd be four. Two plus two is four, yeah. exactly. And the next day after yeah. that, four plus four is eight, etc. Um. I misinterpreted it as one day she gets one grain, the next day she gets two, the next day she gets three, the oh, next no, day no. she it's gets four. Oh, no, no, It's not the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so while I was getting distracted with the math going on, there's really cute elephants that are playing with each other. There's like a mama elephant and a little baby oh, elephant. Little baby. Aren't they the cutest little elephants? Did you know that elephants can communicate over large distances? By rumbling into the ground, and then the elephants really far away will feel the rumble with their feet and interpret what that means. Wow. And that's how they communicate. They're the Fun best. elephant facts for the day. Elephants are just the best. Elephants for the win. So is there a time limit on, on this? 30 days. Okay, so 30 days. Okay, so she hasn't been like, forever. Because he might have seen around that one. No, but, she okay. said, then each day for 30 days, you'll give me double the rice you gave me the day before. Okay. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, I that, can't do math. Go for it. Yeah, he's like, that's a <laughs> modest reward. He was probably doing the math I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like <laughs> wait, I need to look this fine print on this one. <laughs> Did so we agree to? each day, you know, she gets some rice. And like on the first couple days, it's, um, I don't know, a stork and a peacock. And these birds are delivering the, the few grains of rice. I want a peacock to deliver like Two everything. grains of rice. Yeah. Yeah. Or my Amazon packages, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're going to get the stork. <laughs> Dang it. That's just going to give me babies. But this is what I don't understand is that these animals aren't eating any of the rice. Do these animals eat rice? Isn't that like you're not supposed to throw dried rice at weddings anymore because the oh. birds will eat it and it'll make their stomachs explode? Hmm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've been told. But if there's a famine and even the animals are hungry. Yeah. Are the animals again, hungry? Well, they're Only royal they animals. So. <laughs> I think they're okay. I guess royal animals get royal fed. animal. Oh yeah, that's true. Peacocks eating just fine, right? So these, you know, it, as the amounts get bigger, you know, on the ninth day she gets two hundred and fifty-six grains of rice. You know what? Somebody's counting that, and we are not seeing the poor schmuck in the rice room who has to count every grain. Oh, that poor guy. You know, there's some dude. After and they're a while, like, Larry, just... we've got a great. Pl- like, I know you've been asking for a different job. This one's super easy. You just have to count some grains, okay? And it's only for a month. Just a month. Right. So every day these animals are dropping off more and more rice. And uh, the Raja is starting to go, oh, huh. That's kind of a lot. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. I like the idea that he was kind of checking out and then he like checks back in and he's like, oh, 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 uh oh. Yeah, but but he says, but surely her reward won't amount to much more. I'm like, dude, it's 
you're halfway through the yeah, month. Yeah, I know. Like, have you looked at the calendar? <laughs> um, it's not like it's going to go backwards. No. So that's not how doubling works. Nope. Um, and then the royal deer on the 24th day. Oh, a royal deer. Present uh, 388,608 grains of rice. These royal deer do not look very pleased with their job. No. They were quite content frolicking in the forests. Yeah. And now Y'all can learn something from Santa. That's all I'm saying. Now, Reindeer could teach you a thing or two. Now they have to work. Yeah, go work for your living. Yep. How's that feel? Hmm? This is what I don't get, though. On the 29th day, she's presented with the contents of two royal storehouses, which makes me wonder, when, when he was originally collecting the rice, I thought he was only filling up one storehouse. He didn't say how much he filled. I mean, it could have been multiple storehouses if he's taken all the freaking rice in his entire kingdom. Right. I'm just wondering, yeah. like, if he runs out of rice and he still owes her more mm-hmm. rice, what is he going to... Does he yeah. have a backup plan? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering that as well. I'm like, what's the plan here, buddy? But you start to get a little dizzy because the illustrations double up on themselves. Yeah, the I'm animals. seeing so many. Are those camels? Those are camels. Yeah, and it's like my eyes are going a little fuzzy. And then you have a, what do you call this again? Oh, that's a gatefold. Gatefold with like hundreds Whoa. of elephants. How many elephants does a man own? And who had to put that on every single elephant? They do look individually illustrated, too. I think they are. I mean, this is pre-computers, so but have fun with all that. On the uh, 30th and final day, 256 elephants uh, provided... That's a herd. 536,870,912 grains of rice. Boop, 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 boop. I did like unfolding the the pages though. That was that was kind of fun to yeah. see just like the extent Whoa. of the uh, of the elephants. Yeah. Now if this so, was a European folktale. At this point, he'd marry the girl to get the rice back. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would definitely had be. I, had I but known how smart you were. Yeah, exactly. I, and I want my children to be smart, and so let us. That's go his off excuse, into the... but really, he just wants the rice back. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah no, yeah. but in this case, uh, he's he has no more rice to give, and he asks her, "Well, what are you going to do now?" And she said, "I'm going to give it to everyone that's hungry, and I will give you a basket of rice only if you promise not to be." <laughs> A bad person. A jerk one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me come back here. And he's like, I promise. <laughs> okay. And uh, and for the rest, it says for the rest of his days, he truly was wise you and know fair. What? I think he secretly really enjoyed that elephant parade. And he's trying to be all mad, but he's like, that was awesome. And the, it's got this gold on the pages that just makes me think of um, like lottery scratchers. Oh my gosh, it does. I You're keep on totally wanting right. to like scratch the and pages. And it's in like a lot of her books too. That's sort of her thing is that gold. But here's what I don't get. Like, okay, I asked you earlier, how many people do you think are in a province? Yeah. I mean, are we talking province in India? Yes. Well, India is really big. It's yeah. Got a lot. And if, and if a bowl of rice, it said, was 4,096 grains, and she yeah. got a billion grains total, okay. then that's roughly like 244,000 bowls. Okay. So hopefully it's a small province because... Yeah. I mean, they can... Yeah. It might be a small province. I don't know. If there's, I don't know. If there's a billion people in India yeah. and a province... Well, there are now, but when this book took place, maybe there were less people. I don't know. This is an old tale. I just all. hope that this is enough rice for to to last the the. the I'm sure they know how to dole out the rice. Yeah, 
Now, that would totally suck if, like, he'd given her the rice, but it was all cooked. Like, here you go. Got your rice. Or if it was enough rice just for one bowl for everyone in the province. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that was my concern. Yeah. yeah. Um, But what I noticed is that in this book you gave me, someone took painter's tape. What? And (gasps) is there a naked person? There's no naked person. Wait, what the the, what? But they they put a piece of paper over the last page to cover it up. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Because the last page has the math. Of, <laughs> of every well, single day. we can't day. be letting the children see that. Exactly. So, like, day one, it says one grain. Day two, oh, two grains. they're day... using this for, like, math class. And they're exactly. like, don't and then, let the kids see the answers. And then you, yeah, and then you have to add them all up and how much grain. It's, like, over a billion. That's so funny. We but, were, yeah, sorry. We were listening to uh, Schoolhouse Rock, but the math, the math songs. And, you know, there's songs like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. And my son's listening to this. My son is six. And uh, and he's like, if someone was listening to this album while they were doing their homework, they'd get all the answers. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's the best plan for doing your homework. You just have to wait till you get to the right number, to the right mathematical thing. I mean, so, I yeah. remember in third grade, I had to memorize every single oh, yeah. one. 9, 18, oh, 27, no, they do. 36, they do, 45, yeah. 54, 60. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The they memorization, memorize? there's really no replacement for that. Good. Unless you constantly play that schoolhouse rock in the car, which we do. Well, I just like that this book teaches algebra, and that's what kids walk away with. The end. Yeah, pretty much. Um, if you look for it, I believe that the, uh, let's see, who is it? It's the MSRI, the Mathematical Sciences Research Institute, has a page for this, where I do believe they have the entire core curriculum laid out in relation to this book with every possible mathematical experiment and thing you can do with the kids relating to the story and all sorts of mathy mathness uh involved in it i mean i think that the real key with this is that it's just a kind of a fun story in and of itself and there's a ton of math in there but the story in and of itself sort of stands up without it um i already gave away my whole mathical information so I'd say ratings time. The illustrations are small, but beautifully detailed. Mm. I like the story and it's nice to have a smart protagonist. That's a woman that's using her brain over her looks and she's helping others. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can a hundred percent back that up. Yep. Um, I couldn't remember the title to save my life. No, I still can't. But I, I keep seeing like saying several grains of rice is what I say. Rice. For it. I would just call it a rice. Yeah. Um, Ricey but- with grains and things. Uh, I'm sure math teachers love this book. Oh, they go goofy for it. And the table at the end is super helpful. So I If took... you're not covered up with... Yeah, I took that page off. I don't Thank know. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought it was a nice story. Nice illustrations. It mm-hmm. didn't amaze me, but that's okay. I gave it a six. Very nice. Very nice. I, you know, I, lo- I like it a lot. Um, since I've joined the Mathical Committee, I have paid attention to all the math picture books out there. And they suck so bad. So many terrible, terrible, terrible math-related picture books. Um, I'm not supposed to compare this book to other books. However, it is so much more effective than those other books out there. Uh, The art is gorgeous. Everybody seems to like it. I've never heard anyone say two words against it. Um, It's a great encapsulation of that particular story. And the math is very mathy. And you can use it a lot of different ways. I like it a lot. I'm giving it a seven. 
All right, so our scores combined, it's a classic. It's a math classic! Man, we've been doing a lot of classics lately. I know. Okay, fine. I'll find you we something. We need some more crap. We need I'll give you something crap. Lots of crap. It's hard. Just like a month full of crap. crap. Crap is hard to find. I'm really looking forward. You know, as every year comes by, I look at everything that came out like 20 years ago, and I'm like, whoa, almost time for us to do that terrible book. So... We'll see. Okay, letters time. We actually have a problem. We've got three letters, and I don't want to use them all up at once. So I'm going to do the really long one. Are you ready for a long letter? Okay. This long letter comes from Carl. I've just listened to your Ugly Vegetables podcast, and it inspired me to tell you, if you don't mind, another heartwarming story from my life. This one, that was all capitalized, by the way. This one, though, is about what a wonderful person Grace Lynn is. She's the one who did ugly vegetables. Once again, you don't need to share it, but it is so wonderful. I just have to tell you, like any good storyteller, I will set up the story first with bullet points for bullet point things for brevity's sake. Bullet point. My wife and I adopted a girl from China in January, 2002. Bullet point. There was a Charlotte chapter of the national organization called Families of Children with China. Among the many things we did, several of us got together to hold weekly play dates with our adopted daughters. Bullet point, of course we all loved Grace Lynn's picture books and read them to our daughters. Bullet point, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, for whom I've worked since 1998, used to hold an annual week-long event called the Novello Festival of Reading. Part of that was bringing children's authors, many authors. During the week, we would take them to school visits. Library employees could volunteer to drive the authors to the schools, and we could pick who we, who to drive. So, when Grace Lynn came to Novello for the first time, back in the early mid-2000s, I jumped on that like a duck on a June bug. Using a proper southern phraseology here. And her school visit came on a day when the playgroup would be at our house, and the route back from the school could go past our house. And there would be plenty of time between the school visit and the time she had to be back downtown for her to stop at our house, if she agreed. So... I asked Grace Lynn if she wouldn't mind stopping by the playgroup afterwards, and she was very graciously agreed. She was very sweet and humble and didn't have any how-dare-you-waste-my-precious-time-you-peon attitude. So I called my wife, and she notified the others that Grace Lynn would stop at the playgroup. Fortunately, they were all coming over anyway, and we had enough time from the time I left the school to the time I got to our house that it wasn't a completely last-minute thing. Of course... They were all excited. Several of them brought their Graceland books. Well, it was a beautiful day, and everyone was outside, and when we got there, Grace sat with the girls and moms and talked and chatted and drank juice with the girls and fit right in, and there was no, I'm the superstar author, and you are my adoring public attitude, just friendliness on all sides. Of course, she signed some books, and we all told her how much we enjoyed her books, and she was very and sincerely modest about it. She also completely impromptu and unasked did a few sketches for us to give and gave them away. She didn't rush, but eventually I had to take her back downtown, so we all said goodbye. Of course, I never told management that I was taking one of our authors to my house, and she never did either. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. Grace Lynn, nationally known author, stopping by her house to sit and chat with us and our daughters like it was the most natural thing in the world. What a wonderful person. And this was in the early 2000s, so there weren't any cell phones videoing the whole thing, which was just fine. So thanks for letting me tell this story. Your podcast jogged that memory, and I appreciate your letting me share it. Hope that spring is as beautiful in Chicago as it is in Charlotte. Aww. Aww. That's a good letter. It's a long letter, but it's a good letter, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. That's a good one. Grown-up things we like. 
You go first. Okie dokie. Um, well, it's spring, as Carl said, and I am in the mood to be planting some things. I have found in my garden that for some reason the Brussels sprout plant didn't die. And it seems to be green and growing, which I find unnerving and interesting all at the same time. So my grown-up thing is a new book that I just bought from my library, The Beginner's Guide to Growing Great Vegetables. Uh, this is by Lorreen Edwards Forkner. I enjoy it very much. It goes through all the basics, the things you should know that I simply don't, like compost. What's the deal with that? <laughs> um, how to, you know, when to put things down, when to water, what to do about bugs, what not to plant around your tomatoes. So uh, I'm, I'm just uh, doing the gardening thing. So, yep, this is my thing I like. A garden book. Very cool. I'm very grown up. Very grown up. Very grown up. Uh, have you ever heard of the Try Guys? No. Tell me more. Uh, they're on YouTube. They're, it's an online comedy series, and it features these four guys, Keith Habersberger, Ned Fulmer, Zach Kornfeld, and Eugene, Ye- Eugene Lee Yang. Um, they were originally BuzzFeed guys, Ooh. and then they separated themselves from BuzzFeed in 2018 and decided to do their own thing, and it's been super successful. They're the try guys, so they will try anything. Okay, so not T-R-I, they live in the tri-state area. No, no, T-R-Y. So they will try uh, doing fake nails for a day and then record how well that goes. That sounds painful. um, You know, they've tried drag, they've tried eating ghost peppers. You know, they're very funny and they try a whole bunch of different things. And if you just need to, you know, kill some time on YouTube, check out the try guys. Uh, Very funny and mostly kid-friendly. And it just depends on the episode. <laughs> like many things in this world. Yep. So. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I will try to get you an awful book next time. I can't wait. Yeah. That is going to be a challenge. If anybody has any suggestions, uh, feel free to email us at fusecated.gmail.com of any particularly bad picture books that have come out more than 20 years ago that we haven't done yet that we haven't done yet which that's always the key because sometimes i'll bring in a bad one and we'll have done it already yeah yeah ah well until i do that again then i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at fuse underscore kate you can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our single grain of rice is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.